Welcome to a Tennis.com podcast direct from the U.S. Open. Sponsored by Prince XO3 Racket Technology and by American Express. American Express presents Next Contenders. Get to know four of today's game changers in tennis and follow their moves during the 2010 U.S. Open. For more, visit nextcontenders.com. Hey guys, Tennis.com podcast here from the U.S. Open Day 3. Uh, I'm here with Steve Tigner and Sarah Anki. Uh, we're on site in the press room, so if uh, some announcements come through, we apologize in advance for the PA system, but uh, that's how it is here. It's all, it's all live. So, um, you know, today, very hot day at the Open. Um, that was kind of the story after the Victoria Azarenka collapse. Uh, it wasn't all wasn't all based on heat, as she had released in a statement later on. Uh, but it was a big part of the day, and uh, the start of the day, Steve, you were watching Anna Ivanovic over on Ash um, in a very quick match, as it turned out to be. Can you just talk a little about that one? Yeah, I'm glad I got there early. The thing was over in 56 minutes. Um, Zhi Zhang hasn't been playing well this summer. She didn't she didn't play well today, but Ivanovic did play well. What I think she showed is that, that if she does have her confidence, as she always as she likes to say, as everyone likes to say, you know, if she has a handle on her game, she still has you know, she is just a stronger player than so many of these other so many of the other women. Um, so much more physically, athletically gifted. She I wouldn't say that she played a great match. She she was hit or miss, she, but she just she kept winning the games, but she, she hit two winners and she would hit make two errors. She really really um, pressed the issue as much as possible, as quickly as possible on the points. She, her serve was pretty good. Service tossed a few bad tosses, but she seems to be able to live with that. One thing I, I thought was good that she that she mentioned afterwards as well is that she her big thing right now is she's to try to move forward. Just keep that in mind. Moving forward, which is sort of a, I think a way to well, yeah, stay positive. So she, you know, she's in the third round, which is I, I think that's good news for, for WTA. 6.45. Um, for Ivanovic, Steve, you you know she is playing Zhang, a player who is going to give Ivanovic a lot of looks. I mean, she's going to let her kind of dictate how the point goes. What did you see? I guess you know, does Ivanovic's form suggest to you that against a more aggressive player, that she might be able to return to you know how she was doing a few years ago, or is that still kind of the jury's out on that one still? Yeah, I think the jury's out. I would I wouldn't say that that's. That I'm not, you know, I'm not penciling in for, in for her in for the semifinals, even though her draw is good. Um, she missed a lot still today, so we'll see. You know, we'll see how that goes. She missed ten days of practice after Cincinnati, so you know maybe she's still returning from that. But I think the trend is good with her in general, though. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sarah, what did you do? Uh, what did you see around the grounds today that uh, that caught your eye? Uh, well, I watched Sam Query uh, take out fellow American Bradley Klon. Uh, Klon was a wild card um, after winning the NCAA singles title. Uh, he's actually a student at Stanford, um, an economics major. Uh, anyway, I thought uh, both players played well. Um, I thought, you know, Query just won it, you know, based purely on experience, really. Um, but Klon was serving well. I was pretty impressed with his lefty serve. Um, anyway, it was a good match. Toward the end, they were both uh, cramping a little bit. And, yeah, you can just tell that Sam Query won He's just been there, you know, been there before. This was this was Klon's first Grand Slam draw. So, 
Well, first right. Grand Slam here. So. Yeah. Now I caught one of those myself. Another young American, Ryan Harrison. It was his first Slam, um, first Slam main draw win. He's been in a Slam before in Australia, but he he, he took out Ivan Lubacic on a really packed court eleven. It's uh, it's one of those things in the majors where the first few days the side courts can turn into the really big courts, and that was evident, you know, right from the beginning. Um, and Harrison, you know, this wasn't just a lucky. He didn't luck out and just get this win. He you know, I don't, if, for those of you who didn't see the match, uh, he's a voluntary student, and he really has a lot of the shots at this point. He's still just 18, uh, but he has a tremendous serve. He can hit almost in the 140-mile-an-hour range. Great kick serve, um, and really, you know, stood toe-to-toe with Lubacic, who, you know, as you know, he he can certainly hit with, he, even at 31, he can still hit, you know, with anybody. Um, he won Indian Wells this year, but... Um, Harrison got the better today, and that's kind of been the talk around the grounds here. Um, aside from this Azarenka business here, um, and also one more you know match to mention that is uh, Thomas Burdish going out really you know really early in this draw. Um, do either of you guys either catch any there or have any thoughts on you know yes. Burdish? I guess yeah. Go ahead, Steve. I saw um, some of the Burdish loader match, and Burdish just surprisingly. See, that loader was hurt, and Burgess didn't do anything different. He didn't make him run. He had, loader had hurt his leg. Um, but Burgess didn't take advantage of that in any way. He, and I was surprised that he played a very, um, I would say, he didn't play a smart match. He didn't play a very, um, basically just blasted away. Played, played um, big shot tennis that wasn't working. He never tried to change anything. You know, he's a guy who would beat Federer. Beaten Federer at Wimbledon and, and played well this summer, and you know obviously made some of the French. So I would have expected more, but he seemed like he was reverting to to his form of you know maybe the previous five years. Uh, as far as Ryan Harrison, I also saw some of some of him. I, I watched him lose to Lubacic in Indian Wells. And Harrison was a completely different player. He had a lot he had more shots and played much more intelligently. This time, so which was which was nice to see and, and um, surprising. He almost went out in the qualifying, so that's a that's a good win for him. American Express presents Next Contenders. Your chance to get up close and personal with four of today's game changers in tennis: John Isner, Sam Query, Melanie Udan, and Caroline Wozniacki. Visit nextcontenders.com to follow the excitement during the 2010 U.S. Open and discover the person behind the player. It's tennis trivia time. Here's a chance to test your tennis knowledge with a Tennis.com podcast trivia question. Brought to you by Prince XO3 Racket Technology. Are you ready? The question is, Maria Sharapova won her second Grand Slam title in 2006 by defeating Justine Hennon for her first U.S. Open title. In that final match, Sharapova became the first player in history to win a major championship using the Prince Revolutionary XO3 technology. What was the racket she used to capture the title? If you think you know the answer to our trivia question, visit the official Prince Tennis Facebook page at facebook.com slash official.prince.tennis. Once again, that's facebook.com slash official.prince.tennis. Become a fan today and be sure to leave your answer on the Prince wall. Uh, Steve, yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, I saw some of those lobs today as well. He was kind of a very diverse game, um, both offense and defense. Um, 
you know, it wasn't just Lob's uh, necessity either. It was, you know, sort of confident defense, um, you know, kind of he wasn't just retrieving on the baseline either. It was, you know, using the squash shot kind of effective kind of transition game. He talked about that. Uh, in his press conference after the fact, uh, you know, he wanted to remain aggressive from the start and then, you know, also kind of use his youth a little more and, you know, just try to get the better of, of Lubicic, who he, you know, he saw in Indian Wells. Like you said, I think he played him in the first match there. Um, mm-hmm. Lubicic beat all mm-hmm. these guys on the way to the title. And then the one guy he also beat was Harrison. And uh, I think a lot of people found that out today. Um, so it's obviously a big result. Um and while we're uh, mentioning Azarenka, Sarah, you saw the report about Azarenka, um, you know, what the actual condition was. What did you read about that? It wasn't entirely yeah. heat-based. Yeah, no, I mean, of course everyone, you know, I mean, it's mid-90s heat. Everyone automatically assumed that, that it was, you know, some sort of heat illness. Uh, but she really had only been on court for 30 minutes before she before she went down. So... Uh, she released a statement uh, that said she had she was warming up in the gym before the match, uh, and and tripped while doing a sprint. She tripped and fell and hit her head and her arm, uh, and she said she was checked out by doctors. They said she was okay to play, but they were on hand at her match to watch her. Um, and then she said that she was feeling a bit dizzy and having trouble seeing, and then she collapsed on court. So, you know, she was wheeled off and and taken to the hospital and diagnosed with, um, you know, what the statement said was a mild concussion. So right. hopefully yeah. she's okay, certainly. Any uh, any thought, like, do you guys think that the heat rule, you know, that's been kind of invoked in Australia a lot, is that, is, is that something that should be a little more vigilant here? Because I, I feel like we always hear about U.S. Opens where it's heat, but, you know, the play goes on and you, and fans always seem to notice when they're watching the Australian Open that play is, you know, more or less suspended on the outside courts and you only have really the the main show court action. Um, you know, is it is it something that really needs to be looked at a little more? You know, it's been yeah, a lot I, of talk today. I would say no. I mean, this is a one, this was a, this was a crazy summer heat-wise and also this week is about as hot as I can remember it ever being at the U.S. Open. I mean, if this happens three straight years, maybe you start to look at it, but they also, a few years ago, it rained three straight days, and there was a lot of talk about how they had to have a roof on this place the very next year, and they never did. I mean, maybe they will eventually, but, but it seems, the heat rule seems like it would be an overreaction. Also, the, the day before, Marty Fish had said, you know, I think, I feel like these guys handle it pretty well, Marty Fish said, that it was hot, but it wasn't ridiculous. It wasn't anything like what he, they had faced in Atlanta or even even D.C. earlier this summer, which was which was far worse. I think these guys play in heat all year. They go, the tour basically goes to the hottest places they can, they can possibly go to. Um, so I feel like this is this is sort of par for the course. Obviously, the thing that has a rank it isn't. Um, and, I mean, it's it's the thing I think it is. It's hard for the fans to sit out sit out this stuff. But these guys, I mean, they, they train in this in this heat all year. Yeah, it was a blistering one for everyone today out there, for sure, players and fans alike. So um, we'll be back tomorrow, see how the weather is then. Uh, thanks again to Sarah Unke and Steve Tigner for joining us. Uh, I'm Ed McGrogan here for the Tennis.com podcast. You've been listening to the Tennis.com podcast, sponsored by American Express. American Express presents Next Contenders. 
Get to know four of today's game changers in tennis and follow their moves during the 2010 U.S. Open. For more, visit nextcontenders.com. And also by Prince XO3 Racket Technology. For more news and information, head over to tennis.com. Thanks for listening.